Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Jesus said, this has been the series of messages we've had the last few weeks and we continue. Jesus said, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son as they honor the Father. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son as they honor the Father. Let's just extract out of that, in particular, the phrase, all judgment is given to the Son. Now, Jesus also said that as the Son of God, He did not come to judge. He said this, as for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world but to save it. So here seems to be a paradox. All judgment is given to the Son, and then he says, but I didn't come to judge, I came to save. And of course, if we understand the cross, we understand that what Jesus was doing there was taking upon himself the judgment that we, that all mankind deserves because of sin, because of disobedience, rebellion against God, and everything that is true of the natural fallen nature of people until, of course, they are born again when then they are given a new nature. But we'll come to that a little later on. We also know, don't we, what Jesus was teaching us about forgiveness, that God is always willing to forgive our sins, But because he is so merciful to us, he expects us to be merciful to others. And therefore, we are always to forgive others, and then God will always forgive us. What we reap, we will sow. He has made it possible for forgiveness of all our sins because of what he did for us on the cross, but he says it is imperative. This is not a... a, a, something that we can choose to do or not to do, it is imperative that we forgive others in order that we may know the forgiveness of God himself and therefore know his peace and his joy and his love gripping our hearts and lives. Now, we would be familiar with all this because we we know this is at the very heart of the gospel that we proclaim as the children of God. 
But now let's think for a moment about this business of forgiving. You recognize that God has forgiven you for all your sins in Jesus. You recognize that you can't forgive someone and judge them at the same time. So the very fact that you forgive them means that you have stopped judging them, if indeed you were judging them in the first place. Those two things can't go together. God doesn't judge us, he forgives us. I did not come to judge, but to save. How did he save us from the judgment that we deserve? By forgiveness. So we recognize that when we are in a right attitude of forgiveness towards everybody else, that means that we are not in a situation where we judge anyone else. Very simple to know whether we're really judging people or not, because if we judge them, then we don't forgive them. We store up some kind of offense within our hearts. And if people take offense, that can ruin relationships, it can cause distance between people that should never be there because they are judging and not forgiving. If you take offense, it's because you're judging. If you don't forgive, it's because you're judging. Now, all this is very important, but it's very obvious to all of us. But there's something else that isn't quite so obvious. What happens if the one that you are not forgiving is yourself? We all recognize our need of God's forgiveness and his willingness to forgive us when we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But what happens if you accept his forgiveness, but you don't forgive yourself? That must mean that in some way you are judging yourself for whatever you did that needed forgiveness. And yes, you can accept the Lord's forgiveness and still not forgive yourself. And you can do that without appreciating that that's what you're doing. It's just that you have a negative attitude towards yourself. You are judging yourself to some degree for what you did. I've had one of those weeks where it seemed that I was getting slammed with everything that the enemy could bring against me. Physically, mentally, emotionally, in circumstances. It's been absolutely relentless. 
I, I don't get all that disturbed about that because I've learned from experience that when the enemy puts you through a time like that, uh, God is about to do something great. Uh, but the enemy can't prevent what God is about to do. He just tries to take the joy out of it. But <clears throat> when you go through a time like this, you're praying and you're crying out to God and you're knowing, well, God, you can, you can change all these circumstances. You can stop all this. You've given us authority over the power of the enemy and you're taking authority over the power of the enemy and so on. And then, of course, you come to the point saying, well, Lord, you must be saying something to me in this. What, what are you saying? Because God doesn't cause all these negative things to happen to us, but he sure can speak to us in the midst of the storm. And God just said to me, Colin, you don't forgive yourself. And I, I hadn't put my finger on that, and I didn't appreciate that. I didn't appreciate at first to what God was referring but then he opened up to me. I mean, that's personal to me. It doesn't make any difference to you, but it's the principle. But God took me beyond that and said, you know, you often judge yourself. And I, I was made really to think, think about this and to think this through and realize that the Lord is right. I mean, he's always right. This is the thing, isn't it? He's, he's never wrong. Um, and uh, I realized that, you know, I've, I've seen so many great things. I, I've had so many wonderful encounters with God and seen so many mighty moves of the Spirit through my life and ministry. I'm so greatly blessed in that. But I do judge myself that that isn't happening continuously, that I'm not in that same place now that I have known in the past. And I don't blame God for that. I blame myself for that. And you see, God very subtly was saying, you understand? You've been judging yourself. You haven't forgiven yourself. And you need to forgive yourself in order to get back, to be restored fully to the place where I want you to be. So I've had to go through a process, as always happens when the Lord puts his finger on something. You have to respond, don't you? And to work through that and say, well, Lord, I have offended you. Do you remember when David was in serious sin? He committed adultery. He was responsible for the murder of Bathsheba's husband, really, so he could possess her for himself. When he repented, and we, we have his repentance in Psalm 51, he said, against you, you only have I sinned. He realized his his main sin was, was not against Bathsheba or her husband, but it was against the Lord. He had gone against the word of the Lord. 
And I had to face the fact, well, if I ever judge myself, I've placed myself higher than God. I've placed myself above God. If he's forgiven me, but I haven't forgiven myself, then I am actually judging God. And that's not a clever thing to do, is it? None of us would consciously, willingly, deliberately do that, I trust. Not since we've come to know him and to love him. So, you know, you realize, well, this is not just something that I need to do at a personal level. It's something that has very serious spiritual repercussions. So, if I'm going to see the love and the power of God in my life in the way that he wants, the same is true for you, then there's no way in which I want my thinking or attitudes to be above those of God. If he has chosen to forgive me, I have to forgive myself. Otherwise, I'm judging God for forgiving me, saying you shouldn't really have done that. I really deserve some judgment. I really deserve some punishment. I really deserve to go through something really traumatic because of, of what I've done. And God says, no, 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 no. I went through what was traumatic on the cross to save you from punishment. I took all your punishment upon myself. So you don't have to judge yourself. One of the things I read during the course of the week really got me thinking. It was, it was about a situation that was being described by the author where someone said to him, I, I, I have a word from God for you. And uh, he was playing golf at the time. So uh, he said, well, what, what, what is this word? And, and the other person said, no, no, I won't, I won't tell it to you now. I'll tell it to you later. So he said, no, I want to know now. And he was sort of lining up a, a putt. And the other person was reluctant to say to him, but he said, no, no, I insist. Come on, tell me now, what is this word? And this person said to him, well, the Lord is saying to you, you can be one of his few successes or one of his thousands of disappointments. The author said, I missed the putt, but I got the message. <laughs> I don't want to be one of the Lord's disappointments, do you? I want to be one of those few successes because I'm fulfilling the will and purpose of God for my life. And God knows that that can only happen in and through the life and power of his spirit. So he doesn't want me to fall into the enemy's trap. 
The enemy's trapped. Now, wait a minute. Where, where does the enemy come in to all of this? Well, the enemy has really only got two major weapons. Deception and accusation. And you see, it is a work of the enemy to deceive us into thinking that we're not completely forgiven if we still need to forgive ourselves. And when we don't accept fully what God says about us in his word, then that gives the enemy the opportunity for accusation. And he's very good at accusing and making us feel negative. So it's very important that we see ourselves as God sees us. And, and this is the important thing about the truths of the first minute that we've, we've been learning about in recent months. Because, you see, God has made you and he's made me holy in his sight, fully accepted, righteous, blameless. But if that's right, if that's how God sees me, that's how I've got to see myself. If that's how God sees you, that's how you've got to see yourself. And not listen to any of the lies of the enemy or any of your own personal negative feelings which would undermine the truth of how completely freely and fully God has forgiven you. You have total victory because that's what Jesus Christ has won for you. That's what he's won for me. So I can't be actually walking in the full blessing of my victory if I'm judging myself, failing to forgive myself, having a negative view of myself when God no longer has that negative view because I'm forgiven. I'm made holy, I'm made perfect in his sight. So I have to say, oh Lord, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't see myself as you see me. Now, I pray for your Holy Spirit to really bear witness in my heart. Now, <clears throat> what are we actually talking about this morning? I'm not actually talking about the way that God wants to bless you, although, of course, that's included. But I'm actually speaking about something much, much bigger, much, much, much more significant I'm talking about what we need to be as the people of God in the fallen world in which we live. That if we're going to be effective in communicating the gospel to the world in which we live, we have to take seriously this message for ourselves. this message of being completely, freely, fully forgiven so we don't even judge or falsely condemn ourselves. 
Now, let me explain to you why this is. A few days ago, God spoke to me very clearly when I was praying about certain situations here in Horsham and in the world generally. And uh, he said to me, the, the great problem of people in the world, those this is who are not born again, who are not believers in Jesus, their problem is guilt. And of course, Jesus came and died on the cross in order to free us from guilt. But the Lord was saying to me, everybody feels guilty. Because everybody knows that there are times when they do things that are not right. But if you don't know Jesus, you don't know what to do with your guilt. You don't know how to handle guilt. You might go to a psychiatrist, and the best a psychiatrist can do is help you to live with your guilt. But a psychiatrist can't take your guilt away. Only Jesus can take the guilt away. But if you don't know Jesus, you don't know the answer to your guilt. And of course, this is a trap of the enemy because if you're guilty and you're trapped in your guilt, then it's only a little step to thinking, I need to be punished. It's right that I should be punished because I'm guilty. And sadly, this is why a lot of people, especially younger people, self-harm. It's a form of punishment. They say it brings me release, but release from what? Well, they feel guilty. They feel that they need to be punished, so they punish themselves in some way, and that's the only way they have of trying to release themselves, at least to some measure, from the guilt that is there in their hearts. And of course, that can be taken to extremes by people who can even go as far as committing suicide. All as a kind of, well, I don't deserve to live and people would be better without me if I wasn't around. And this is going on in the world all over, all around us, here, but in anywhere, in any place. And that's because the fallen nature with which everybody is born with is essentially negative. It's full of negativity and full of unbelief. That's why the scripture says God has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot perceive, they cannot hear, they cannot understand, they cannot receive the revelation of the truth of the gospel. So we, Jesus says, are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are those who have the answer to the world's problem of guilt. And one of the things that's 
important in our lives is the renewing of our minds. And what that means is that we think in private what we think in public. Because, of course, if, we, if there is that consistency in our thinking, then there will be the consistency in our speaking about ourselves and about our situations, but also consistency in the way we act. We all have before us an, an example of you can't have one kind of public life and another kind of private life. The one will, in the end, impinge upon the other. There's no consistency, there's no trust in that. Well, praise God, there's probably things in everybody's life that they're glad that nobody else knows about or will ever know about, but God has forgiven and set them free. And therefore, we don't have to live in guilt for those things because if God has forgiven them, we have forgiven ourselves for them. Are we getting the message? But you see, if we are really to help people get free from guilt, we need to understand how free of guilt we need to be ourselves. So that we not only know God has forgiven us, but we want to know that others have forgiven us so that if we have grieved somebody, we go to them and we say, please forgive me, because that relationship is also one that needs to be restored. But we also need to be in this place of living constantly in forgiveness of ourselves. I dare not judge myself if God, if the Son of God to whom all judgment has been given has decided not to judge me. I just dare not judge myself. Hallelujah. This is good news. But what I want is I want to see all those people that are living either in real guilt because of what they've done or in false guilt because of the deception and the accusations of the devil. I want to see them set free. I want to see them know the forgiveness of Jesus. I want them to know the forgiveness of other people that they've hurt and offended. But I want them also to be able to forgive themselves and to live in complete freedom, the freedom that Jesus came to give us on the cross. I want many people out there in the world around us that are not just the Lord's disappointments, but they're complete and utter miserable spiritual failures because they don't know the Lord yet. But I want those people to become God's successes, don't you? And I want to be able to impact the lives of, of other people However, that's possible through the word, by the spirit, through witness, through relationship. But I want, I want to see more and more people coming out of darkness into the light of this complete forgiveness. 
And that's really at the heart of living at one with God, living at peace with him. All your words have power. When God spoke, creation came into being. When Jesus spoke, the sick were healed, the storms were stilled, the dead were raised. Power in words. But those words can either transmit positive power or negative power. When we judge, if ever we dare to do that, if we fail to forgive, if we condemn, if we criticize, we are sowing negative words. We are making the situation even worse than it is. We are adding to the problem. But God has given us this wonderful revelation of truth in the scriptures and by his spirit so that we are able to speak life, speak freedom, speak forgiveness. And you see, one of the awesome things Jesus said is this, if you forgive people their sins, they are forgiven. Your power, your words have the power to forgive them. But if you retain their sins, their sins are retained. Which means they're not forgiven. So we, we all, every believer, not just those who are in ministry, in quotes, we all have this wonderful opportunity, this, this uh, authority from God to forgive, to speak words of forgiveness. Yes, there needs to be repentance. Jesus said, repent and believe. Repentance, when we repent, we acknowledge our sin. A person acknowledges their sin. But you know, when, when, we're, when we want to see unsaved people come to the Lord, we know that we're dependent upon the Holy Spirit to bring them under conviction of sin. Now, when people come under conviction of sin, they feel that guilt is so strong that they have, they have to get rid of it. And that's what... That's what urges them, nudges them, if you like, to turn to Jesus, to take that guilt and sin away. But you see, this is the love of God. He doesn't convict people of their sin to condemn them, but because he wants to save them. That's why Jesus said, all judgment has been given to him, but I haven't come to judge, I've come to save. 
So the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. He convicts us when we need to be convicted of sin, not because God wants to judge us, not because he wants to condemn us, not because he wants us to feel bad about ourselves, but because he wants to free us. And he wants us to walk in that freedom ourselves so that we don't condemn ourselves. And the more we live in that, my dear friends, the more we're going to be able to impact the lives of others all around us out there in the world. This is, I, I felt when, when God said this to me, it was such a, a simple thing. It was, you know, the, the problem, the problem that people have in the world is just this one word, guilt. When you realize that, you see how important it is for us to come with the mercy of God and the compassion of God. And for people to understand, yes, you're guilty, but God doesn't judge you for your guilt. He died to free you from your guilt. And we can bear witness, we can bear testimony that we have been freed from all guilt, from all condemnation, that there is no condemnation for us as the children of God. And there will be no condemnation for those who turn to him and put their faith in him. So, this isn't a revolutionary message, something you've never heard before. This is simply a revolutionary message <laughs> because it brings revolution into people's lives. And aren't we blessed? Aren't we blessed to know that forgiveness and to know that it doesn't matter how many times we've grieved God, he's always been ready to forgive. Do you remember what Peter said to him? Lord, how many times am I to forgive others? Seven times? And, and Jesus said to him, no, no, no. Seventy times seven. Meaning, of course, endlessly. Why do we need to forgive others that way? Because that's the way God forgives us. Endlessly. His mercies are new every morning, so we never have to spend a day in guilt. We never have to spend another moment of our time judging ourselves, condemning ourselves. We never have to spend a moment judging or condemning, even in our thoughts, even in our attitudes, anyone else. God has set us free from all judgment, free from being judged by him, free from being judged by others. It doesn't matter if others judge you, because God doesn't. And if, even if others judge you, you don't judge yourself. You don't listen to their judgment because you know their judgment isn't right. 
Because if God doesn't judge you, they have no right to judge you. So praise God, we're going to see a great harvest of souls. Why? Because we are going to focus on seeing people set free from guilt. That's what Jesus did. And that's why he died on the cross. And we can live in this complete, wonderful, total freedom from all guilt, all condemnation. So there's no self-condemnation, no judging self. You see, beloved, let me just finish with this. When you fail God, There's nothing you can do to make up for that failure. When you've disappointed God, there's nothing you can do to change what you did that was a disappointment because it was against his word and his will. All you can do is accept his forgiveness. And to know that that forgiveness wipes whatever you did that was a disappointment to him out of the record book. That there will never ever be any mention of those things, even on the day of judgment, because they're under the blood of Jesus. So instead of looking at ourselves, judging ourselves, looking at others, judging others, and so on and so on and so on, all that stuff, which is natural to the fallen nature, but isn't natural to the new nature. No, no, the new nature says, no, we don't, we don't have attitudes like that. The new nature says, praise God, we are forgiven. Praise God, we are free from guilt. Praise God. He has really, truly accepted me and doesn't judge me. Hallelujah. And I won't go on any longer lest any of you should judge me for going on for too long. <laughs> and so undermining the whole message in your heart. So let's stand, shall we? I want you just to be still for a moment. Don't go digging and searching yourself. But just say to God, Lord, are there any ways in which I've been judging myself. Are there any negative 
streams of thought about myself? Do I have any negative view about myself? Because I don't fully realize how total your acceptance of me is. Just say to the Lord, Lord, if, if you've forgiven me for certain things, but I've never really forgiven myself, and I, I've lived in continual regret for those things because I didn't forgive myself, I, I bring all this regret to you now. I place it at your feet, Lord, at the cross. And say thank you that you have delivered me from all regret. That I don't have to dwell on past failure and I don't have to listen to any of the accusations of the devil who wants to try to undermine my faith, my confidence in you and my peace with you by referring back to negative things in the past. Thank you, Jesus, that those things you've forgiven, you've forgotten, they no longer exist. Praise your holy name. So just thank the Lord now. That by his grace, you will not judge or condemn yourself in any way whatsoever. Nor will you judge or condemn others. And now just before we finish, I want you to pray for anyone that you know personally. who is in the prison of guilt. Either a non-believer who needs the revelation of the gospel, who needs someone to come and say, I know how you can get rid of your guilt. Or perhaps some believer, some Christian, who you know at this moment is struggling and is not really walking in the full revelation of the truth. Therefore, their eyes are on themselves and they feel negative about themselves because they haven't really forgiven themselves. You see, if you, if you feel negative about yourself, it's because you haven't really accepted fully God's acceptance and forgiveness. So if there's someone, some believer who's not living in that, that full acceptance now, pray for that person. Pray that they will see themselves as God sees them. Just as you see yourself as God sees you. 
And we praise you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that when we get it wrong, you don't judge us for getting it wrong. You forgive us. You restore us. You're forever patient with us. But Lord, I pray that every single one of us in this church is going to have an impact upon other people who are living in guilt at this time. And that even during these coming days, even this week, we will have opportunities of speaking freedom, of forgiveness into people's lives. Of them hearing it is possible to be set free completely from guilt and from all negative attitudes towards yourself. So just begin to praise God now and thank him that you will never have any negative attitudes towards yourself again. Hallelujah. Because of God's positive attitude towards you that you see yourself as he sees you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Come on, let's hear that. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.